Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, sir? Doing excellent, man. Thanks for joining us today. Excited to be here. Yeah, so we have, uh, we have a lot planned, but uh, shouldn't take up too much of your time. Thanks for joining the podcast. Really appreciate it. So tonight we have Mark Goldberg on. Mark is the CEO at Trust Metrics. And Mark, I'm going to give the microphone to you and let you explain uh, a little bit about what you guys do over there at Trust Metrics. Great, thanks. So we're a brand sa- safety planning tool. We help brands scale programmatic media buys with, by creating scalable custom whitelists. And we do this by looking at a lot of domains and apps for quality, safety, and fraud signals. And we have a huge database and we create custom whitelists for each brand because every brand has different sensitivities and different thresholds. That's awesome. I think today um, it's definitely relevant. You know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say noise, but there's a lot out there. You know, there's a lot going on for people, um, for the consumers, for the brands, uh, for the companies looking to take advantage of programmatic I think it's really cool the way you guys are looking to kind of forge ahead and just and just build quality. Um, can you talk a little bit, I guess, just about um, how you guys do that? What's unique to how you're how you're kind of approaching that that problem? Yeah, so we are a crawl-based technology with human review, and the humans are really the most important part. Where in most brand safety vendors, it's all about technology, and there's quite a few false positives. But in, in, in what we're doing, we have actually the humans in place to protect against that. We also have the humans to look for new words, new, new issues around brand safety. Uh, the alt-right has a very different lexicon, and they use words that have a very, very specific meaning. And sometimes they go unnoticed by not just other vendors, but brands. They don't know what they're supposed to be looking for and telling people not to look for it. So uh, I think we've found a lot of uh, interesting words, and I would say fake news is a very big category, or if you can say disinformation sites, but there are a lot of words used on these sites and tone in those sites that really are very clear to a human when they're reading it. And I think that's one of the things we're thought of as, as really important in the, in the space is detecting a lot of those fake news, low quality news sites, clickbait, and I like to say click hate sites. <laughs> that's a good term. So, I mean, programmatic, um, you know, programmatic is something that's, it's been around for a little while, but can, can you kind of like, let us, let us know a little bit about like how, how things have evolved over the past few years and, and kind of how programmatic uh, advertising online um, just, I guess, has shaped and transformed recently? Well, I, I think if you start from the beginning, it was a whole bunch of uh, different folks putting uh, their credit card down or essentially buying remnant media from a lot of different people. And they were aggregating remnant media and then turning around and selling it for a premium. And that worked for quite a few few years for a lot of people. And then a lot more technologies end up, I would say, making it easier to do this. And so we had the you know invention of all the acronyms when you can say probably SSP is really where all the supply comes in place and is an easy way to get aggregated supply. And now you have DSPs, which are the demand side, and they're able to bid into this inventory. And so I think we've found a lot of easy ways to get this aggregated reach. And I think that has also caused the problem. And now we have a lot more people with a lot more inventory that we don't know who they are. Before you used to know your sales rep and be able to yell at your Mm -hmm. sales rep and be able to bring them in and kick their butt. Now you don't know who has the inventory and who's 
actually representing it. And I think the market has become very cloudy and we're trying to bring a lot of transparency from the IAB standpoint, as well as a lot of ad, net, ad networks DSPs are trying to now get a hold of their inventory and take back a lot more control because I think the Wild West is not, no longer acceptable. And um, we're seeing a lot of brands stand up and say the swamp is murky and it's not, not, not acceptable. What, what are some issues that you see, you know, your customers, your clients come to you um, facing, you know, what are some, what are some problems that they come to you with? Well, you know, we're, we're in the brand safety space and we are trying to protect around adjacencies, but there's also uh, other issues around brand safety, which kind of get coupled. So viewability is a measurement in our world, but um, the way we look at inventory is we look at ad clutter. If you have a lot of high ad clutter, you're going to probably have better viewable numbers. And, and that's unfortunate because the, the bad sites are winning in that respect. So if we're looking for quality, you're not going to find a high density site on a good whitelist from us because we think that if you're just trying to gain the system, the intent is not what the media buyers wanted. So they, they, they ask a little bit about viewability and try to make sure we can get them quality viewability. Um, fraud is, is de definitely um, a, a moving target from all vendors. The vendors are out there trying to help protect, but uh, everyone gets reverse engineers. That's just general rule of thumb in any te security technologies. We look at it with humans and we can detect fraudulent behavior differently. We see the sites that are just gaming the system. And by removing those sites at the beginning, we make the other vendors work better and the fraud go away. So unmeasured fraud is a very different thing that people are not looking at. They're looking at their vendors numbers and saying, hey, we're at 5% fraud. That's pretty good, right? Well, the other stuff that's going on is not being detected. And if you were to remove it, that would probably help your business in the long run. Yeah, I think I think I think something that I'd like maybe for you to touch on a little bit, if it's cool, is um, maybe walk any of the listeners that are listening to this through kind of, you know, how programmatic works a little bit. Because we got, in the beginning, we got pretty pretty technical, pretty detailed. Uh, we did definitely like a deeper dive into it. And I think that's really good for anyone who kind of has experience in programmatic um, and kind of knows, you know, that industry. But maybe maybe walk some people who are, who are tuning in, who are listening, that are just more general marketers or might be just starting out with it. Yeah, so I think programmatic uh, is a term that gets kind of thrown into different definitions, but <clears throat> I, I think the way people most recognize it as uh, scalable inventory utilizing technology, and they're able to use technologies to aggregate all of the different websites and then layer in data and other targeting features to find humans and serve ads to them. Um, that's probably not even a, a clear definition, but uh, I would think that's a good start, meaning um, it's more technology based and you, you're, you're letting the cookies or the audience be found in a variety of ways. Um, but I guess the more important of the programmatic is the ability to most of the vendors and the SSPs, which is supply side platform, has been able to aggregate all the sites in in. in in an environment where you at this essentially a stock market world where you're bidding for this inventory. And I think what's important here is there's so many people in this environment, they've gone somewhat unnoticed and unmanaged that they're getting into these, this ecosystem. And then they're 
trying to get your attention by either lowering their rates or showing you they have viewable inventory or showing you they have cookies and you're placing your ad dollars wherever the machine tells you to go. And when you go to those sites, you're probably getting frauded. And think of a website having multiple ways to get traffic. You can have social traffic from Facebook and people like it and share it. You can buy traffic on Facebook. You can get it from Google search. You can buy search on tra other search traffic from search on, on Google. There's a couple other vendors that sell traffic. And then there's this long tail of people who sell traffic in quotes. And those are essentially non-humans or it's coming from another strange part of the internet. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's where a lot of, and I mean, malware is a big part of this. And th that's where a lot of the traffic, fake traffic and non-human traffic and what people call bot traffic is really driving the ad fraud dollars. And those people who are buying that traffic have inventory in these exchanges. And some of it goes unnoticed and some of it just is neglected because some networks, DSPs and, and, and SSPs don't care. There's no incentive to care. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what is changing in the marketplace is the brands now are realizing, hey, those are my ad dollars and I don't want to let it just go away. Yeah, there needs to there, be quality. There, there, there needs to be quality, right? There, but there needs to be humans. So, so I think fighting fraud is one thing. Making sure you're in a good brand safe environment is another. Both of them get in the conversation and they're both very important. But the reduction of fraud has to start being a bigger part of their story. And unfortunately, not every vendor can do it. So therefore, when I go, when I come involved, when I get involved is they come to me to remove some of the sites that cause the headaches. Then they layer that vendor in. Then they do a lot of other best practices. And I don't want to get too technical, but there's an ads.txt from the IAB, which you may want to just use a whitelist from that inventory and then do the vendor. And then you want to do diligence at the end. And the diligence at the end is looking through your reports, really getting into the weeds. And something I'm very loud about in the marketplace is people have to do the work. And if we're not giving these agencies enough of the of, of the, the work the, and the money to do the work, it's not going to get done. And as, a, as an advertiser, you are going to suffer. Yeah, definitely. You need an expert in place that kind of knows what they're doing, knows how the system works and knows how to protect you. And, and, and you know, everyone should think about it's the advertiser dollar and they're the only one that care. And if they don't care, then, then everyone can look the other way. But once they start caring, you better do the right thing. And I think what we're saying at Trustmetrics is we're all about the right thing. We want to make sure that the right thing happens. And so we're really out loud, very loud about a lot of this because we think it's very important that the advertisers do start to care because I think the ecosystem is a little messed up right now and we need to fix it. And um, I'm, I'm taking a very large uh, stand here in the marketplace where I think we're, we're a very important company. We're small, but we're very important. I think if, if, if people start to pay attention to this inventory is not infinity, there is a limited amount of supply and a limited amount of good supply. A lot of these technologies will bring out the value. And, and when I say that, I say a lot of good quality data targeting, a lot of audience targeting, a lot of ways you can find an advertiser, um, consumer using this tech, these technologies. Mm -hmm. But if you use good quality inventory and that, then that's the experience you're, you've been trying to seek for the last couple of years. That's awesome. Now, do you, um, 
do you have any recommendations or are there any, I guess, you know, platforms that you prefer um, in the space that you, that your company works with or your company helps with? So I would say as a media buyer, you should always think about the technology and the data that's going to find your consumer. And there are a lot of good proprietary technologies out there and that's what you should think about. What I'm, what I would say is none of them believe none of them around what kind of inventory they have. People say the word, we have premium inventory. We have hundred percent viewability. Don't listen to them. Think about their technology first. Once you do that, then either obviously I'd love to, you to call me, but you, then you should curate the inventory and create your own whitelist and a lot of people can't create scalable whitelists because they don't have the technologies or, or, or the humans. That's where I think we can play a role. But there is no technology that I will blindly trust and say, go for it. Um, but there are a lot of good technologies out there that do serve a great purpose. And if you have the right inventory, um, they will help you meet your KPIs. That's awesome. What are some of the most common ones that people can kind of, let's say you have a new marketer um, or, or someone who's just kind of getting into display or you know, getting into, you know, programmatic banner display. What are some platforms that you can recommend right off the bat um, that you've used that you trust? Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, you just went out. Sorry. Say it again. Oh, no that I, you, well, so, so I would, I would say, uh, I don't want to provide any names and I'm not trying to be, uh, I just don't want anyone to, to feel that I'm, I'm favoring anyone else, but, um, I would look at the Luma, uh, chart or the Martech chart. Um, mm -hmm. Terry Kawaja runs Luma partners. He makes some fantastic breakdowns of the Luma ch of his chart where he shows the different buckets. Um, I would research that. Um, I would also reach, uh, reach out to the, uh, Martech slide. Um, Scott Brinker, I believe, is his slide. There's a lot of great logos. Um, you'll see the industry is crowded, so um, there's definitely a lot to choose from. Making a good decision, I, I, I really am not the person to give any recommendations here. However, I would say uh, technology and targeting and quality, and if, if you are doing any research, I would I would really try to ask all your other media partner, media buyer friends and partners that who they've worked with and what experiences they've had. But, you know, for a long time, a lot of networks have had great technology and crappy inventory. Mm -hmm. Well, if you put good inventory against these good technologies, you may actually have a, uh, a great opportunity. That's good. Um, on, the flip side, on the flip side, there are some bad technologies with bad inventory. So, right. you know, there's a lot of homework and I don't want to say this is easy, but there's uh there's a lot of work to be done. Sure. So don't, don't read blogs that say the top five X, Y, Z, go out there, do your research, do your homework. I mean, really look into it. If you're spending money here, let's make sure that you choose the best network. You gave a few examples of some sites where people can go to kind of do a little research, but at the end of the day, you know, they got, they got to look for the best solution possible, not just take the easy way out there, but with, with these recommendations that come, you know, in these, these 500 word blogs. Yeah. I, 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 I would say, you know, there are a lot of great consultants on the planet. There are a lot of good agencies on the planet. They will help you in your, in your quest. Um, but then there's also friends and family in, in, the, in this industry. So, I mean, I don't know if you have friends in the industry as a media buyer, but uh, go find them and talk to them. You have salespeople, go talk to them. There's a lot that comes out of these conversations. Um, no one's trying to be malicious, but people will try to be honest if, they, if, if, you, 
to let them. Awesome. So what's next for Trust Metrics? What do you guys have coming up? Where can people find you? Just let us know a little bit about what's going on with you guys. Sure. World domination is really <laughs> the goal. Um, yeah. But after the world domination, no, we have a product roadmap that we're, uh, we're plugging away with. I think, you know, we're getting more um, aware around the non-US world that we need to really develop a lot more car competencies there. Um, each culture has different sensitivities. So in Italy and France, you can have skin on the newspaper. In Middle East, you can't. Right. So there's a very different type of culture and brand safety. And so I think right now we're, we're, we're looking in the non-U.S. world to try to expand there. Awesome. And then we're doing some other things and really always improving the product. Um, where can you find me? Uh, LinkedIn, Mark Goldberg, M-A-R-C, Goldberg. Uh, I'm always there yelling about something, Twitter, as well as just, uh, you know, go to the website, check it out. If you think it's interesting, give me a ring. All right. Awesome, Mark. Well, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Look, we look forward to the things that Trust Metrics is going to bring to the market. Um, and again, we'd love to have you back on someday soon, see how things go six months, a year from now, see where you guys are at, see what you guys are up to. Thanks again for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.